0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: My confidence is not in myself. My strength is not in myself. In fact, Paul would say, I boast in my weakness. You want to know why? Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong in Him. In Him. He's my strength. He's my confidence. And I can do all things Confidently through christ who strengthens me
0: you're listening to in spirit and truth the radio ministry of pastor jd farag of calvary chapel Kaneohe. pastor jd is currently teaching through the book of philippians listen to today's message as pastor jd explains the difference between being self-confident and confident in the lord as you go through life remember that contentment doesn't come from material possessions or money True and lasting contentment only comes from the Lord, and you can be confident in His promises. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast, or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Here comes the serpent and he's sowing the seed of discontent in the heart of Eve and tells her, Oh, I see that you can eat of all of the trees in the garden except this one. What is it about us, right? So. You walk by this storefront window and it's all covered with paper and there's a puka, a hole for the benefit of our online shirts. That's a puka, a hole. <laughs> Sorry. And then there's a writing above the puka that says, do not look in this hole. You can look all around everywhere else, but do not look in this one hole. It's lined up around the block for miles, people waiting to look at. Why not? Why not? One so aptly said it this way Oftentimes, the source of our discontent is thinking and believing that our greeds are really our needs. And is this not what the enemy is all about? He tries to get us to want more. Enter today's text, where the Apostle Paul, true to form, <laughs> rises from the pages of our Bibles to show us how it is that we as Christians can actually learn, learn to live content lives, regardless of the circumstances in which we may find ourselves, whether in plenty or in want. The first secret to learning contentment is in verse 10, and it's to be thankful. To be thankful. I would submit that the most discontent people are the most ungrateful people. I'm thinking of our kids when I say that. <laughs> no, seriously, I, this generation, I probably shouldn't have gone in this direction, but indulge me for just a moment. <laughs> what a thankless, ungrateful, spoiled bunch of kids we have in this generation. So entitled. I mean, my goodness. And, of course, his parents were so quick to remind them of what it was like in our day. You know, back in the day. You know, back in our day, we actually had to stick our finger in this plastic rotary dial and dial the phone. We have things called telephone booths. You know what those are? Of course you don't. Anyway, I digress. Here in verse 10, the Apostle Paul is expressing his profound gratitude for their financial support while he was imprisoned in Rome. He's referring to Epaphroditus, who traveled, some believe, over 800 miles to get to him, to bring to him provision, financial care, a care package Of some kind, because you have to understand in that day when you were in prison you were left there to die. You were not even fed. They would not even provide you with food. That had to be provided by family and friends, otherwise you wouldn't survive. They didn't care. There were no gyms, there were no anything. You were just sent to prison to die. And so here the church in Philippi was a great blessing to the Apostle Paul, and he was so grateful for what they had done, for the help that they had given him. He even sort of mentions to them that he knows that there was a time where they wanted to give, they wanted to help him, but they couldn't for whatever reason. We're not told. But he knew their heart. And he was very grateful to them, very thankful to them. You know, sometimes, and you'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but we need to be thankful that we even have a car to drive. It may not be as shiny as the new car your neighbor just bought. We need to be grateful and content with the iPhone that is like four versions old already. Now, I have to confess that when they came out with the the 10, I'm like, wow, I think I want that. <laughs> and, and the Lord's like, you got a phone. Yeah, but look at that. And then the X, I I think it's different than the 10 or the X or maybe there's I don't know anyway I didn't buy one obviously yeah I already have a phone I drive a nine-year-old car that's on its third engine by the way and I'm content I'm just grateful and thankful that I have a car that gets me from point A to point B Yeah, it rattles and hiccups and burps and skips and whatever. But I'm just grateful for that car. Let me uh, bring it closer to home as a pastor. I'm grateful for this church. I am so thankful for this church that I am so privileged to pastor. I don't look at the church down the street or in some other part of the island that's bigger than my church. Oh, they have three services. <laughs> oh, how about this? Some people left your church. They're going to that church now. Ooh. Hmm. How about this pastor? Look what he's doing. What? Wow. Oh, and make no mistake about it—the enemy's right there. He's uh, popping the popcorn and playing the video, and going back and forth. Look at the—look at this guy. Look at how green the grass is at his church. Wow, it is, yeah. Wait a minute. Look at my church. Are you kidding me? Let me say it this way to continue with the car metaphor. Being thankful is the fuel in the gas tank of contentment. Being thankful is the fuel in the gas tank of contentment. Here's the second one. It's in verses 11 and 12. It's to be satisfied. What Paul is saying here is that he's learned the secret of being satisfied regardless of his circumstances. In other words, he's saying, Lord, I'm satisfied with the provision that you've given me. I'm satisfied with the circumstances I'm in. I want for nothing. And that's the secret. It didn't matter if Paul had plenty or was in need. It didn't matter if he was well fed or hungry, because he was satisfied in the Lord. He was satisfied with the Lord, not in his circumstances, not in his situation. The situation he's in can be very unsatisfying, very frustrating, but that's not the basis upon which contentment is built. My contentment is in the Lord, and as we're going to see here in a moment, my strength is in the Lord. That's where I get my strength. That's where I get my satisfaction. That's where I get my contentment, and that's where I get my attitude of gratitude. This was Paul's secret to being content. He was satisfied in the Lord, no matter what the Lord was doing in his life, how difficult the circumstances were in his life. Keep in mind, and I think it's easy to forget, he sits in a prison when he writes this epistle. And he, sitting there in that prison, so grateful for the provision from the church in Philippi, he's telling them that he's learned the secret to be content no matter what he sits content in that prison how is that possible (laughs) I mean if it's me and I'm writing a letter and I'm sitting in prison somewhere it's gonna read nothing like Philippians just saying you know what my letters gonna read you need to pray and fast that I get released from this prison (laughs) not Paul Paul was content, Paul was satisfied, he was satiated by the one who he knew could only satisfy. It didn't matter where he was at, the situation he was in. This is why he could write to Timothy in his first epistle chapter 6 verses 6 through 10 I'll read. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Did you see the packaging together of godliness with contentment? That's great gain. And he explains why and how that is. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Boy, is that true. But sometimes I don't think we believe it. Once when a rich man died at his memorial service, the question was asked, how much did he leave? To which the answer came, all of it. You cannot take anything with you. You can send it ahead, but that's another sermon for another time. But you can't take it with you. Jesus said that our lives do not consist of the abundance of that which we possess. That's not great gain. What shall a profit a man or a woman if they should gain the entire world and lose their own soul? There is coming a day, and I believe soon and very soon, by way of the rapture, where we're going to take our last breath in this fallen dark world, and we're going to take our first breath in eternity. And I think it's a much needed perspective when we remember that we came into this world with nothing. And so too will we leave this world with nothing be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. He goes on and says, verse 8, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. No, we're not content. But, verse 9, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. And then verse 10 is the most misquoted verse in all of the Bible. I'm convinced. And you know it well. For the love of money, the love of money, not money. Money's neutral. It can be used for evil. It can be used for good. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The writer of Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 5 and 6 tells us, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Stop right there. That's it, isn't it? Is it not covetousness? Envy, jealousy, that gets us to be discontent with what God has given us? It's covetousness. We covet what somebody else has, and when we do, discontent will ensue. That's how it works. Let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, speaking of Jesus, and I love this, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? This brings us to our third and last secret to contentment. It's in verse 13, and it's to be confident. Be confident. Probably goes without saying, but this is a well-known verse, a life verse for many. I think we would do well to revisit the context in which Paul is saying this, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. First we need to know what he's not saying. He's not saying that we can do anything, we can have anything in Jesus' name through Christ who strengthens me. That is absolutely not what he's saying. And here's the thing, this notion, this interpretation of this verse has lent itself to the dangerous, false teaching of what's known as the prosperity gospel. God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to drive that brand new Mercedes-Benz. What if God wants you to drive a Hyundai (laughs) like me? What if he doesn't want you to have that car? What if he knows that you have... Oh boy, I'm really harping on the car thing. I, <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> we'll get through this. So after today, you're all going to go put your car up for sale. And <laughs> the prosperity gospel says, God wants you to be rich. If you'll just have enough faith, you can have anything you want. You can do Anything you want, just name it and claim it. Or as one said, blab it and grab it. It's this word faith teaching, false teaching, that if you just have enough faith, you can do anything and have anything you want. That is absolutely not what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. You know what he's talking about here? He's talking about being confident in the Lord, not self-confident. I am confident in Jesus Christ who strengthens me to get through and do everything and anything. My confidence is not in myself. My strength is not in myself. In fact, Paul would say, I boast in my weakness. You want to know why? Because when I'm weak, then I'm strong in Him. In Him. He's my strength. He's my confidence. And I can do all things confidently through Christ who strengthens me. I want to close with a couple of verses. The first one out of Proverbs chapter 19 verse 23 It says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then, one rests content. And listen to this. Untouched by trouble. Oh, the peace that is ours in Christ. Oh, the contentment that is ours in Christ. The last one is Job and I wish I had more time, because I love Job. Can't wait to meet Job in heaven. I was just thinking about this this last week. How it's going to be when we meet these great, mightily used men and women of God in heaven. These are real people. And we're going to meet them. I wonder what they're going to look like. We'll recognize them. We'll recognize who they are. I mean, it's going to be, well, again, that's probably another topic for another time too. But I was just thinking about when I get to meet Paul. Oh, wow, dude. Probably wouldn't call him that in heaven, but (laughs) oh my goodness. How about Noah? How about Job? That's a guy I want to meet. That's a guy I want to talk to. This guy, wow, the book of Job, what a book. Oh, my goodness. But one thing we got to know about this man, with everything he went through, he could say in chapter 1, it's recorded, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now that's a wonderful verse in our Bibles, maybe even on our walls, framed. But do you know when it is that he actually said that? It was right after he lost everything everything. And he said this, and then throughout all that had happened at the end of the book we're told that Job in all of this did not sin against God. He was content no matter what because the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to encourage you to continue studying the book of Philippians on your own. Spend time today in God's Word, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal something new about your Savior as you read. The Bible is filled with promises and lessons that apply to you right now, even though it was written long ago. You'll always benefit from time spent in Scripture. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Philippians 2, you can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to make this a priority. A church family can be a source of support and encouragement, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Canohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. Farag. You can find out more and get directions at our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor JD's Mideast east Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all the time we have for now. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true to
1: La, la.